But um, but something hit me yesterday as I was going through this and working on it and trying to refine it, and I ended up rewriting like three quarters of this or more because I, I felt it was more important to think about the sheep. So I, I started thinking about the sheep, and, and I knew some interesting things about sheep. I've studied sheep before. Remember, I, I don't come from here. I, I come from a rural Arizona area where we raised sheep. I didn't, but they were around. And I had friends that did. And there's some interesting things about sheep that I think are important to think about. Uh, did you know, perhaps, did you know this, that the sheep have really great hearing? Their hearing is so good that when they're born, they can recognize their own mother's bleat over other ewes' bleats. Think about that for a second. Our hearing doesn't develop that fast. But a sheep's hearing develops very quickly, and it's very very in tune to what's going on around them. They also have unbelievable sight range. They can see way off in the distance, way off in the distance. They're very tuned into movement in their sight. But unfortunately, they have very little depth perception. Um, we take it for granted in our own lives that we have such incredible depth perception, right? That's something that uh, we as humans, it's kind of unique to us. We, we get to see the world in this three-dimensional, very colorized way. And, and we get to really kind of be able to just like reach out and grab things at a very young age. But for sheep, that, that's, that's much more difficult. Sheep, on the other hand, struggle with things like that because of their single hemispheric brain. I remember one of the coolest things, one of the coolest classes I took in high school was psychology. And I just had so much fun. We just did all sorts of things in psychology. We looked at all aspects of psychology. It was just kind of a generic class. And one day she brought in a sheep's brain, and we got to kind of look at it and dissect it. As this single hemispheric brain, we're blessed with a double hemispheric brain where we can do a lot more complex thought and complex uh, computations and things. But these sheep, they they can recognize not only their mother's voice early on, but they can recognize shepherd's voice very distinctly, very quickly. And they learn what shepherd is their shepherd and that they're supposed to follow and they ignore other shepherds' voices, even though they might hear them. So then, is it funny that we're called to be sheep? I I don't believe that it's a mistake. In fact, the Bible makes references to us being called sheep or some relation to sheep over 220 times. A few of the more notable passages that come to mind as I was putting this together were Psalms 23, verses 1 through 4. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's, some of us, that's our favorite song. That's such a unique psalm because it puts the, the, the psalm writer and the psalm reader into the position of being the sheep. The Lord is the shepherd, and we as the sheep are led by the shepherd. Just 
really like that imagery that it creates. What about Isaiah 53.6? Isaiah 53.6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. All we like sheep have, let, have gone astray. What a unique way to explain that we like sheep know that we're supposed to follow the shepherd, but sometimes we walk off of the path that we're supposed to be on. Sometimes we wander off like a stray sheep. And one of my favorite ones that we talked about downstairs this morning, John 10. John 10, starting in verse 1. This is Jesus himself speaking. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of this, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, meaning his disciples, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I skipped ahead. Oh, yeah, that's right. But the sheep did not listen to them. I, I think about this verse, and I was, I was focused on this verse this week, partially because I was using it in my class downstairs. And I thought it really fit what I was trying to do with the sermon here. I, I feel for Jesus at times like this. In my desire in my own life to understand Jesus better and to become more Christ-like, sometimes I, I do the inevitably bad thing. I personify myself onto Jesus instead of Jesus onto myself. And I couldn't help but personify myself onto Jesus in this, in this particular section of Scripture because I get it. Here, you just told everybody what you're going to do, and they're like, what? Everybody's sitting around like bumps on the logs. So, so Jesus, I, I could see the exasperation in his face. And, and he says, truly, truly, I say to you, just listen. I am the door that the sheep are going to come through. Okay, let's simplify this. I am the door, okay? And all those ones that come before me, they're thieves, they're robbers. And you are the sheep. You will only listen to me. If you don't, you're going to go astray. He tries to clarify that. The Bible is littered with this idea that we are called to be sheep. This idea that as sheep, we are supposed to follow the shepherd. And we're supposed to be listening for the shepherd. And we're supposed to be listening to what he's saying. We are not called to be dumb, smelly animals. We're not called to be mindless beings following each other around we're not called to have poor depth perception, even though at times we, we kind of do. We are called to be like sheep. We're called to be followers of something more important. 
the good shepherd. And at times, our behavior resembles that of sheep. Sometimes it's the good behaviors, the attentiveness, the, the, the fact that we're listening and that we're following and we're trying to do right. And sometimes it's the bad things. Sometimes we spend too much time doing the things that we shouldn't be doing. For us, though, the problem becomes that much of what we understand in this world is based on our sight. We spend so much of our time trusting what we see and not what we hear. See, humans have become adapt at what I like to call rational thought. We think rationally because we think we can understand everything there is in the universe. We think that we can explain everything. Can't. Sometimes what we think is real is not real at all. That's partially because our eyes, as great as they are at depth perception and color and seeing the world around us, can deceive us with what they're seeing. We have blind spots. And we don't always interpret what we're seeing correctly. So I brought a video with me to show you exactly what I'm talking about. In, in this video, we're going to see, and I, I wrote his name in my notes, but I gave my notes to Remington. What's his name, Remington? Richard Turner. We're going to see Richard Turner do a trick with cards. Go ahead and play the video if you have it. I love it when the audience shows up. <laughs> well, I'm Richard Turner, and I represent why you should never play cards with strangers. As you heard, I'm not a magician. I'm what's known as a card mechanic, but what I do can appear very magical. Now, this is not to fool you yet, gentlemen. This is just to educate the audience. So when you play poker, blackjack, bridge, hold'em, whatever the game, you want to make sure the cards are evenly mixed. This is basic casino procedure, which is what is known as riffle. Riffle. You're supposed to do what's called a, a block cut or a strip cut. Another riffle, a cut. That is basic casino procedure. Now, in a private game, that's where the hustlers hang out. Here's something you never do when you play for money. Never shuffle with one hand. It makes the other players nervous. <laughs> and when they see you shuffle with one hand followed by a one-hand flip around cut, they get up and run. You're left playing with yourself. Right, Ben? Exactly. I know that <laughs> now, Ben, how many times would you say I shuffle and cut this deck? Oh, six or seven? Six, seven, yeah. Let's see if this deck is evenly mixed. Does that look pretty <laughs> even, Ben? Do we have ace through king, ace through king, king through ace, king through ace? Did I shuffle it back into perfect numerical order? I think you did, yeah. Well, well we did it then, Pen. <laughs> Thank you. Pen, would you do me a favor? Reach in and pull out a card, just any random card. Okay. Tell me when you got one. I got one. All right. Square up this mess here. I'm going to show you a few moves. Hand me the card face up. Face up. Face up. Tell the audience what you picked. Seven of hearts. Watch the seven of hearts. I'm going to show you how I can magically keep his seven on top by dealing underneath the top card. Watch face up. This is called dealing seconds, but you have to deal the cards as neatly as if you're dealing from the top. Watch, I'll deal it in super slow motion. Super slow motion. Seven on top. See, the dealer will hit the other players. <laughs> I'm playing blackjack, I have a 14. Watch face up. See how the card stays as the second card kind of melts through the deck. Here's one-handed. Now when the card is face down, when it's face down, 
so you can't tell you've been swindled. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Thank you. He's an impressive card mechanic. Okay? I, I don't know if you were fooled, but I got a sneaking hunch most of you were fooled, if not all of you were fooled. Now, on top of it, he's been blind since he was a child. He can't see. He can't even see what he's doing. See, he learned something right on. And if you watch the whole video, he'll talk about it later on. He'll talk about how he learned as a young child that his eyes were deceitful. And that what you're seeing is not always what's happening around you. Even if you know how the trick is done, he's still pretty impressive. Even if you know exactly what to suspect and how it's going to happen, you still might actually miss when he does it one-handed. That's the way it is in our lives sometimes. When we rely on our eyes to give us all the information that we can possibly need, our eyes can deceive us. Sometimes our eyes aren't the best interpreters of what's going on. And sometimes our eyes can let us down. Now, there's other ways that we can trick our eyes as well. Optical illusions are a great way. It changes our perception. And and what we think is truth really isn't truth at all. And what we understand to be reality gets warped. And we as the sheep of God's pasture, we, we should read Scripture. We should look to the heavens. Those are important things. But most importantly, I think, is... We should study his voice. We should be listening to what God says. He's trying to lead us. He's trying to do. See, God's not all about what we see, but he is all about what he has told us, what he has told us to put our faith in, and what he's asked us to understand. I think this is why Jesus says, The sheep hear his voice and they listen. So the question for us is, are we listening? Maybe a better question is, how are we listening? Ezekiel 34, starting verse 2 says, Thus says the Lord, uh, of Israel who have been feeding themselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, slaughter the fat one, but do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. You have not healed. You have not cleaned up. You have not brought back. The lost, it's back on. Not good. The lost, let me find my place again. Uh, The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. The religious leaders of Jesus' day continued to behave like false shepherds, much like that in Ezekiel's day, wanting to appear important rather than to care for those who have wandered away. Luke 15, verse 3 says, So he told them this parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one 
that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. See, in Jesus' parable, the shepherd goes out to gather that one lost sheep, to bring that one lost sheep back to himself. God is always looking for the lost. He's always trying to create a way back to him for those that are not with him. So when I ask you, are you listening? Or how are you listening? What is the answer? Is the noise of the season, the sounds that are going on around us, are they blocking your ears out? They're drowning out the sounds of those who are in need, those who are lost. Have you spent all of your money to the point that you have nothing left over to share with those who might be in need? Is the cries of those who are lost being overlooked at this time of year? Being overlooked for the sounds of joy from friends and family visiting? Sometimes we get caught up in ourselves and what's going on around us. And we forget to listen. We forget to listen to where God is working in our lives and in the lives of those that we come in contact with. Where God's possibly giving us opportunity to share. Maybe to share our funds. Maybe to share some food. Maybe just to share a cup of coffee. Or to share some love. Or to share a hug. To show someone that you care. See, what we forget is God didn't stop working on us and on others because it's the holiday season. God kept working, and he expected us to keep working. He doesn't ever give up, and he doesn't expect us ever to give up. There is no retirement plan from being a Christian. There is no time off, and there is no holidays. We're called to be Christians every day, all day. This time of year, more than any other time of the year, people are looking for answers. They're looking for hope. They're looking for Jesus. And we have a prime opportunity where they're looking for the shepherd. And it's our job to seek and save those sheep and bring them back. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the sounds of the season. We thank you for songs like Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen to remind us that you sent an angel to share that message because that message was so important. And you shared it with shepherds to set an example, to share that message with the world around them so that we too could hear that message, that we too could share that message with the world around us, that we could help somebody, anybody, everybody find their way back to you. You are the Father. You are the Creator. And you seek relationship not just with us, but with all of those around us. The shepherds, the priests, all of those around us. Lord, put it on our hearts today to walk out of here 
willing to share that message of joy, that message of peace, that message of comfort that you've given us with a world that's broken and needs to hear that message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.